Bearcat Bounce Podcast back at it again. I am Brent Young, joined as always by my good friends, my pals, my buddies who have been to the good old Camp Higher Ground. I will be seeing them tomorrow night, though. So, Aaron Smith, Chad Brendel, gentlemen, how are we? I get to sleep in tomorrow a little bit, so I'm yes. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty happy yes. about that after after getting up the past four mornings, especially like Friday, starting camp Friday, Saturday, Sunday is just brutal. Like, yeah, I'm not a morning person and it's not, you know, 730, 715, 730 is not getting up brutally early by any stretch. I don't have a problem with it. I just, I just don't like it. I don't like right. doing it. <laughs> if the other options but, are there, then right. we'll take the other getting up, Getting up that early and driving 50 minutes to, to higher ground. Mm-hmm. I, there's other things I would rather be doing, like, you know, sleeping. Yeah. I, I would I would prefer that. <laughs> well, Aaron, are you in that same realm? I know I'm just that- saying, get on my level, man. I've, I've been to higher ground. I was at Squat Fest. Where are you at, bud? Where are you at? I am about 120 miles away. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so you probably you're not 120 miles away from Camp Higher Ground. Sir. From Camp Higher Ground. Oh no, I, that's why I'll be there tomorrow. Tomorrow morning at night. I mean, tomorrow wait. morning would be rough. But yeah, can't wait, Mr. Scott Voice. But guys, you got to fill me in. You got to tell me a little bit about it. Obviously, the the reports have been fantastic, Chad. The interviews have been great. Most recently, Will Huber was up there. Sounds like he's excited to get after the quarterback a little bit this upcoming season. Tell me, what's the overall vibe? Is it a little different than the past camp higher grounds? Chad is a little bit more focused, is a little bit more relaxed. What, what kind of are the main takeaways that you can take just from this point forward? Uh, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's any more focused than it's been the past couple of years. Uh, but I will say, I think it is a little bit more... Um, we saw some a good deal of install today, and as camp continues to go on, we'll see more and more of that type of stuff. But I just don't think there is as much uh, like instruction. Like, and when I say this, I don't want people to take it wrong. There isn't as much entry level instruction, right? Because this is such an old team at the top, and there's a lot of relying on the veterans to teach the young guys, you know the way that things work here. So I think that has allowed it to be a little bit more active, a little bit more time in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens and team, things like that. A little less time having to go through the very basics in, you know, certain position groups and, and things of that nature. So that has been good because it's, you know, guys are out there and competing and, but the flip side to that, it has been, it's been intense and you know, you're seeing, huh? Like camping. No. Intense. I see what you did there, Aaron. No, (laughs) this isn't how we're going to start. This isn't how this is going to go today. Is it? No. Huh? No. Who knows? No. Son of a, um, it's been (laughs) intense. There we go. Not intense. I'm sorry, it was camp higher ground. I don't know. Anyhow, um, there, there's been the the level of competition has been high, and uh, I think that's a good thing. I think guys are out there competing and getting after it. It's it's led to a lot of cramping in the heat. Yeah, because uh, I I think you know they are cramping, 
cramping. Aaron. I know what you're talking. I was laughing about the story you told me. Oh yeah, that was a good one. We're not going to tell that one on the podcast though. Wow. Hit, hit the DMs if you want to hear the story. <laughs> no, don't. Um, I wasn't there. Um, it, it's just been it's been spirited. You know, right. it, it's guys are getting after it. Guys are. You're starting to see as we're getting farther and farther in. Some of these young guys are are jockeying for position on the two deep and looking to to make a name for themselves, move themselves up the roster after a year or two playing behind all these guys. Um, so the, the overall mood of camp has been really good. The first three days, uh, I would say the offense won. Uh, day four today was the defense kind of making their, staking their claim. And uh, they, they were running a lot of pressure packages. Uh, a couple, a couple, about 20 minutes was just spent on uh, different blitzes that had been put in during install. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult for any of the quarterbacks to get their to, to take three steps and uh, and set because guys were in their face almost immediately. And they're using Wilson Huber right now like a heat seeking missile. OK, that's why I talked to him today. He is when he's on the field, he's lining up somewhere with bad intentions towards the quarterback. Like he's almost like a like a. They moved him from middle last year as a middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. This year he's at the weak side, and they're kind of using him at times like a, like a fourth down lineman, and moving him all over the place, and and using him as a uh, a guy that that likes to make a run in the backfield and see what kind of havoc he can cause. So you're saying that my uh, my bold prediction of over two point five sacks for Wilson Huber this upcoming season is not too bold. I, I, I don't think it'll take long to get to 2.5. There we go. There we go. I enjoy that. I enjoy that. Now, Aaron, you were able to make it there on Saturday. I'm going to just get your general observations. And then I do have some kind of just questions, more, more singular questions to, you know, who's been performing well, this guy versus that guy, different things of that sort. But Aaron, you were there Saturday. Give me, give me your, your overall general view was that your first time at Camp Power Higher Ground? I, I take it. And it if my, so, what did you think? It was my first time. Um, so we, we got through that. I was, uh, I, th- I was the first media member there. And I think that's worth mentioning. Okay. Congre- um, yeah. Cause first in, last out. I'm, I'm never, time. never the first one to anything. So <laughs> including that's a rookie, tonight's, that's a rookie including tonight's Zoom meeting. Correct. Yeah. That's a rookie mistake. I mean, I, I didn't have breakfast. In all fairness, I mean, I, I stopped and grabbed like a uh, a monster water and some uh, some like snack cakes. I think I had like a Star Crunch or something, oh, but, wow. like one of the big ones. But it's fine. Okay. Um, but but yeah, uh, for one of, I was I was the first one there, and uh, it was cool. Like just the the whole ambiance of the whole place. Uh, come to find out, like it's like built by hand by by what was his name? The the guy. Chuck. Who, Chuck, who just shout out Chuck. Chuck likes to likes when I give him shout outs. He just yeah. built the whole damn thing. Pretty and, much. And uh, to find out that they're making a pound of meat per meal per kid as the starting point is bananas. And so, like, just some of the things that, that I heard about, like, just the way that they run things and, and the way that the Camp Higher Ground just is, uh, it's, it's the stuff of legends and you know they obviously have 
we, we've heard the stories of how Brian Kelly wanted to get back there and all that. Um, but, you know, just the allegiances that they have to the University of Cincinnati. I mean, there is a CPAW on the, the practice field. So it's that's because it's turf from UC. Well, well I, I didn't know that. I mean, and I, I actually now you asked, know. No, it's half the battle. I asked somebody there if like this was turf that we provided after we did our turf because it is multicolored as is the home turf. And they said, no, this was already here, but this was perhaps the, just where they got the idea that the multicolored turf would work at Nippert. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any ground to that or not, I, but um, it was just, I don't know. It's, it's quiet as other than the giant speakers that you're standing right next to. Um, but it's, it's a different vibe all its own and not anything that you could potentially replicate anywhere near the city, near Clifton, near Cincinnati. No. So. I mean, you're, you're literally out in the middle of the woods. Right. Right. It is. It's like if, if, if woods could create an Island, it is an Island of woods, but you're also only like three to five minutes from the highway, which isn't crazy. Right. Of course, you're Pretty driving like 65 miles an hour on back roads to make it that three to five minutes, but still. It tells a lot about your character by the way you drive. So there's no speed limit sign on that road. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So before we get into the individual players, I got to ask, looks like you guys are able to partake in a meal on Saturday, if, if, if I was seeing correctly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about uh, what they were serving. Because I know what night one they ran out of meatballs and had to go to the backup of chicken. Well, lunch, lunch one, lunch. lunch one. Okay, lunch one was meatballs gone. Bring up the backup. Twelve hundred meatballs devoured very quickly. How big were the meatballs? Like, nor, like they had meatball subs, so they were okay. like meatballs that go on subs. They they weren't small meatballs. They weren't meat. The backup, but what were they serving you guys and the team when you guys were there on Saturday? Monterey chicken ranch sandwiches on croissant. Wow. That's what takes it over the top. That and the homemade bacon ranch. Oh, my God. Fire. Yeah. How many of those do they go through? Well, that's not even mentioning the rotini bake and the, uh, what do you call a cheese stick? or uh, a The Bosco sticks. Bosco sticks. Yeah. Wow. The cheese inside was a friendly surprise. <laughs> there you go. Basically, they're they're like uh, the breadstick version of mozzarella cheese sticks. They just have a a roll of mozzarella down the middle of the entire breadstick. Fire. Well, if you well if you guys go to the game in Bloomington against IU, hit up a Kilroy's, order their breadsticks. It'll it'll be life changing. Pepperoni and cheese inside of that sucker. Ooh, very good, very good. And uh, you can tell by me, I I had quite a lot back in the day, and still do every once in a while. So. Very telling, but the Monterey Ranch chicken sandwiches are the number one lunch at Camp Higher Ground. They okay. are phenomenal. Kaz even said the same thing and said that taco, the taco bar is, is number two behind the Monterey chicken ranch sandwiches. And did, did you guys know that there's a taco bar tonight after tomorrow night after practice? That's what I was getting at was oddly enough. I'm going to get to partake in both of those fantastic meals from camp Hire. you get number one number two congratulations it's big time. you guys also you get to you get to meet kelsey tomorrow night oh okay she's coming jason, jason or she, travis <laughs> rendell 
No, those are Kelch. That's those are Kelch. So Kelsey. Kelsey. Um, yeah, she's there. There's she's coming to hang out with uh, with the the camp dog. Okay. There's a there's a there's a golden retriever puppy so that is the cutest thing, and Kelsey has been obsessed for three days about going up to see the puppy. <laughs> Who is so the owner of the puppy? Uh, one of the athletic trainers. Okay. Okay. It's Fair disgusting enough. how good that dog is, and just how adorable that dog is. <laughs> I was playing fetch with him today for like five minutes. I was standing there waiting to, to interview Wilson Huber, and he just casually strolled over to me with a stick, like, hey, you're not doing anything right now. <laughs> I know what's <laughs> so I up. I took the stick and tossed <laughs> it, and he, he went and grabbed it and brought it right back to me and kind of stood there and waited for me to take calmly take it out of his mouth. We played fetch for like, I don't know, five, seven minutes. I feel like that Great. describes our relationship in its entirety. <laughs> Pretty Go much. fetch, Aaron. Go Aaron, fetch, Aaron. Fetch. Go get it. Good boy. Good boy. Good job. Drop it. Drop it. Good boy. Good boy. Well, okay. That's that was good. That was good. Well, speaking of good boys and and, and speaking of the family affair that this all seems to be, you've got a big brother, little brother going on at the at the pinnacle, at the quarterback position. We've heard a lot about Des, we've heard a lot about Evan, but what are your guys' points of view as far as how they've been able to develop is, is Evan really locking down that backup quarterback spot to the point where you would feel confident if the biggest tragedy were to take place, or is it kind of just still a, a growth in progress type thing? Before Chad gives his thoughts, I did want to say on that, that we were watching practice and I'm standing there with Chad and Justin Williams and I'm looking at them and I'm saying, who threw that? Because I had no idea. I'm looking at who's back there and they're rotating so quickly. Like as you're watching the play develop, you can't right. tell who's in the pocket anymore. And their balls are the same as far as like just the, the touch, the spiral, the, the loft, like going deep. We had no idea at any given moment for a couple of them, like who's throwing that pass. And I don't know if that's translated to the other days that you've been there, Chad, but at least when I was there, that it looked almost like, Swap 1A out for 1B. Have at it. Well, I mean, he's definitely not going to – for some reason he has to, to, to step in. He's, he's not going to step in and be Desmond Ritter. Well, right of course. Away. That's of course. not what um, I'm saying. No, I didn't say that's what you're saying. I'm just saying in general, like, for yeah. people wonder. Like, that, that's not the case, obviously. Um, but he has come a long, long way since the spring. He looks a lot more confident in the pocket, delivering passes, going through his progressions. I've seen him a couple times, you know, specifically get to his third or fourth read and then make a really good throw, um, you know, in traffic to, to get to hit a guy that's maybe not open by that's open, but maybe not open by a lot. Right. Right. Um, he's been really, really good throwing the deep ball, which he's. I think he's got a better, a lot, a more live arm than Des, but he's been a little wild with, with where it ends up uh, coming into camp. And, and we have not seen that at camp. We have seen him be pretty daggone good pushing the ball down the field and, and, and connecting with guys. So, um, you know, I, I, I think he has made a lot of strides. I would say if you rewind back four years, 
he's ahead of where Des was at this point going into Des's redshirt freshman year. Um, I think he's throwing a better ball than Des did at that point. Uh, I think they're, you know, they're both equally dangerous with their legs. So, you know, you're not really, there's not really a winner either way in in that regard, which is a very positive sign for Evan. Um, But he's, he looks so much more confident throwing the football than he did even dating back to, you know, spring ball and, and the spring game. So that has been probably one of the two or three biggest developments of camp is that you wanted to see where Evan was. Yep. And I think you're pretty confident with what you've seen through the first four days. Now, like I said, they turned the heat up today. Um, and, but, but he still held his own, you know, he, he just got sacked more than usual because everybody got sacked more than usual because the defense was playing pretty pissed off today. Which, Even Lichtenberg was crazy good on, on Saturday. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. So is, is Lichtenberg looking like someone that could, in the future, test for the starting role? Just you know, put, put all the heat possible, like a Ben Bryant with Desmond Ritter type situation? Not right now, but he does, you can tell he, he, he has a good arm. He has a good grasp of like how to run offense, um, as is the case with every freshman that didn't get the benefit of spring practice because those guys that were at spring ball are definitely farther along than the new guys that are coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he's picking it up and you're starting to see with each passing day that he's, he's making strides, which is, you know, at this point, all you can really ask for from him. One of the storylines leading into this was, was Cameron McCoy. Is that still a storyline name or is that, Something that didn't materialize. What can it you was tell never. Us about? It was never a storyline. It was just well, something. Well, it to, was something to report. That was, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, there was nobody that was like, "Watch out for Cameron McCoy." Well, no, I didn't camp. mean that. The, but I that's mean, a storyline. Right. That's a storyline. Okay. He, he is still in camp. Okay. You know, he's he was like I said, he, he's getting a couple weeks to show what he can do. Um, I mean, it's hard for you know he's not getting reps with the ones, the twos, or the threes really right now. Right. Right. So, you know, he's throwing one on ones and um, he's throwing interceptions to linebackers as part of like linebacker position groups. So they have him standing there as the linebackers, you know, are <laughs> right. doing their thing. And then he throws it to him like he, he's he, he's got a live arm. He's he's what we said he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's nothing really to, to take from it, you know. Right. Well, I figured I would ask if he's he's there and present. So that's. He's there. Right. Right. So next I'm going to move over to Josh and Lenny. Uh, We talked about Josh a lot leading up to the season. How has Lenny looked? And then who's kind of manning that, that third tight end position through the first three, four practices that you guys have seen. What I got to Josh is dinged up right now. So he's, he hasn't been practicing. Lenny's been really good. What I got, what I got to see that just the, the tight end screens that they were running with Lenny, are going to be dangerous if they actually utilize the tight end screen as much as like, it was a check down. I, th- I think like, I don't think they they were, no, it was a screen. Was it, was it okay? I mean, but it was, they ran that a couple times with him and he was getting after it. I think they're looking for, you know, that bread and butter tight end play. Yeah. Teams have got it kind they of know. scouted now yeah. as we've started to see towards, 
the end of last year like it it wasn't surprising anybody so they're working on some different variations to get their tight ends the ball in space because those guys can make plays in space um so we've seen that uh in my the the practice report from sunday i think saturday i think it was sunday because i don't Mm -hmm. think aaron was there um lenny had they ran a little misdirection to the right side and lenny busted free down the seam and caught a, a perfectly thrown 30-yard touchdown pass from Dez. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's getting a lot of time with Josh. And they're just being precautionary with Josh. Yeah. Um, but Lenny's getting a lot of a lot of opportunity and looks like a number one tight end, which is, I mean, we all knew that. We knew he had the talent and the ability to be a number one kind of go-to guy, even though he's his his frame and his style of play is a bit different than Josh, but Leonard Taylor is going to play in the NFL at tight end. I'm, I'm convinced of that. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's good for him to get kind of this extra run uh, right now. And that's, you know, sometimes you find that when you got have a guy that gets nicked up early in camp and they're being overly cautious and, you know, they're not going to risk anything kind of similar to, to what's happened with um, Jake Renfro. Uh, But the end result is you it, sometimes you have guys that take advantage of it and, and use that to their advantage. And I think Lenny's done that. Explain so, up. Yeah. So who after Lenny is, is it Noah Davis is Shamal Matire getting a little extra run showing some things, or is it, you know, Peyton Singletary? Noah, Noah Davis is getting some runs. Uh, Nate Lawler, mm-hmm. uh, the walk on has been getting some extra uh, snaps. And I, I think he's, he's looked pretty good. Right. I think he's a guy that if you need him on the field, uh, you're not in a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Singletary's been getting a little bit more, but I think he still got to figure out that physicality side of it that they expect from that position, even if you're predominantly a pass catcher. Like, I don't think people give Josh enough credit for that. They look at Josh and think, you know, he's just uh, an outside guy. Like, Josh right. will come in and lay a hit on you. Josh is not right. afraid to – to be overly physical. So I think Singletary needs to advance a little more in that, that area. Shaman's not there yet. Like he's getting there. Uh, He had one yesterday, Sunday, he caught a little pass over on the sidelines and turned it up field. It was like the parting of the red sea. Everybody was like, I, I'm not getting in the way of that. You saw it. Okay. Okay. I'm not getting in the middle. I'm not getting in his path between where he's at and where he's going to end up. We're, we're two-hand touch right now, right? <laughs> two-hand touch. <laughs> so, not quite Cam Jones from a couple of seasons ago, but but definitely along, along those lines of a rumbling, stumbling, tumbling guy. A, a lot more athletic than Cam Jones. There we go. There we go. So, um, I, I guess when it comes down to it, because you mentioned Jake Renfro, the another big question mark has all of a sudden been the center position. Um, the back. We knew that. Position. Yeah, we right, knew that. Right. Exactly. So, they they've been going with Gavin Gerhardt. You mentioned you know Vinny McConnell getting some looks there as well. Is it is it they're going to? No, force... they've been going with Vinny McConnell the last two days. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that slides Vinny down and brings in Mets at Coop. the other starting. Or Coop Mets, yeah, Mets, Mets, yeah. yeah. So is that something that you would see if if it were to happen? Would you say Vinny McConnell backup center? I, I, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um, it's, it's actually funny because they're the problems between Vinny and, and Gerhardt are uh, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Vinny, the trajectory on his snaps are a little, a little 
more fast, but a little lower. Right. Like a lot of them right around the knees, which for mm-hmm. a quarterback is kind of a pain because you got to, right. You got to look down and then look back up. Um, with Gerhardt, the snaps are a little bit more air on them and they're high. Like right. generally not way over the quarterback's head, but up, you know, up around the ear hole, up around the top of the helmet. Neither good things, <clears throat> especially when you go from Jake Renfro, where that thing is yeah, coming with some heat and right at the numbers every time. So they don't have a great option to back up center. Like they, they'll, they'll need, you know, and I, from what I've heard, Renfro should be back in a couple of days. I don't, you know, I think they're just being uh, overly concerned yeah, or overly cautious. Precautionary. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he should be back soon. Um, I think he's just got a little contusion as they like a little bruise bone bruise or whatever, as they like to call it. Right. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing with him. Uh, but going forward, backup center is definitely something you got to keep your eye on. Yeah, of course, from Jakari to Memphis. Hey, and even you could tell when Jakari was came in, obviously he's just got that veteran leadership to him and, and things of that sort, but Jake's snaps are just next level. It's a center yeah. been playing center his entire life. Aaron, what did you see out of the tackle position? Is it kind of a foregone conclusion that O'Quinn's going to be bumped out there? Or is it a chance where if Tunsaw has a really good, you know, fall camp leading into the opening weeks and into the season, is, is he going to have a chance to, to get that starting role? And then O'Quinn does bump down to, to guard or how do you guys see that shaking out just through the first four practices? We're talking about the tackle position. I'm going to say that the offensive line scared me only because the defensive line was getting back there so often while I was there. And obviously they can't hit the quarterback. So they were still standing in a pocket or scrambling when they wanted to just to try and get the feel for it. But like this defensive line is, is crazy good. And so mm-hmm. it's you, I, I, when you're not rolling entirely like full pads, cause they were in uh what spiders the day that we were there. Yeah. And uh, you know, you don't really get a, a full feel for what's going on in the trenches. Right. Just because you're not going a hundred percent. You're not going full, like just crashing into the person ahead of you just because nobody's trying to get injured. Yeah. That said, I, I'm sure Chad has probably a little bit better perspective on, on tackle than I got the day that I was there. I mean, I think Dylan O'Quinn has been really, really good. Um, so as it stands right now, like he's my right tackle. Okay. You have more depth at guard. You do. Right. And you're getting here in the next couple of days, uh, Colin Woodside was, was held out kind of similar to Kobe, mm-hmm. um, where he's been doing like drills and things like that, but it hasn't been live. I think you're expected to get him back live by the end of this week, early next week. So you add another starting quality guard into that mix. Um, as it stands, like I, I don't have an issue um, being confident with, with Dylan O'Quinn at right tackle. Uh, I think John Williams has been solid again, but like, like Aaron said, man, it's, it's so hard to tell because right. Majay and, and Malik and then Beavers. Beavers blitzing and Jabari Taylor, who has moved into the that three technique spot 
mm-hmm. um, and is getting some reps. Like Briggs. those guys are hard to well, Briggs has been playing with the twos mostly, though. I haven't seen him with the ones yet. Um, Tug a team line. I feel bad for those kids. <laughs> That's it's not fair. Like, it's, it's just not fair. It's not. It's not. But iron sharpens iron. We hear that over and over again. I think it's obviously something that they preach a lot. But is, or is Coop, iron just breaks iron. Like it, <laughs> right. In this, in this sense. Is, is, is Coop looking like retro freshman year Coop? Or is, is it still working back to that? Is he? How does he look on the line? Because I know that was something that I was most interested in seeing is just if, if Coop can be, get back to that redshirt freshman that was just a stud, someone that you could you'd say, okay, he's going to start there for four years and just be a dominant guard in the office. Is he back or is it, or is it still a little bit more of a, of a process for him? He looks way more healthy than he did a year ago. Like he, he just looked lumbering. And, and I talked to him a little about, about it um, at lunch today where he said, you know, he feels back like his redshirt freshman year and like he's not yeah. struggling laterally to move because of that leg injury. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's looked good. Uh, but again, it's it, – I wish I wish we had a better uh, Luke said next week, and I don't know that this changes anything, honestly. Um, <laughs> ones versus Luke two. said next week they're probably going to go more twos versus ones and ones versus twos, uh, but then you're going to get the other one of Brookson or you know Eric Phillips has been really good um, at, at defensive tackle with his added mobility, uh, and then you know Jabari Taylor or uh, Jawan Briggs or Justin Watley. Uh, at the end positions, it doesn't get any easier. You don't, you don't have to face my which is nice because he Plus. can't be blocked. Right. Um, but it doesn't get easier when you start playing the twos, if you're the offensive line. So they're going to have, they're going to have their hands full trying to get it figured out and get it together. So talk to me a little bit more about the running back position. And then of course we're, we're going to b- bounce over to defense too, but at running back, we saw Dan Horde tweeted about, you know, Chuck, Chuck McClellan saying, if, if not for the knee brace, it, you would think it's the Chuck McClellan from a couple of seasons ago with the burst and everything that he, he looked has. really good today. Okay. Okay. So he's looking back to 100% or as close as you can be to 100% after two major knee surgeries. I don't think we've really seen top end like him running at top end speed, but what we have seen is his ability to cut. Yeah, uh, and his ability to to put his foot in the dirt and and change directions, and that's kind of one of the things that makes him such a dangerous weapon. Um, so I think that's a really good sign that we have seen him be able to kind of do some of the things that that made him so dangerous in the first place. Um, it, it's getting there. Um, there, he's not. They're using him some. They're not using him a, a ton yet. Mm-hmm. But they're using him enough that when they've they've had a chance to get him in space, you can see that you know that quickness and and those things have returned. Like he's just an alien. Yeah. Like I I don't get how he returns so fast from having his knee constructed when so many other guys struggle with it so mightily. Yeah, those those cuts are the main thing after those knee surgeries. So if yeah. he's back doing that, that's a it's a huge plus. Aaron Chad interviewed Ethan Wright, and he looks like. A, a cut tank, if you will. What were your thoughts on Ethan Wright? Is he going to be able to be the one that 
that backs up Jerome Ford and, and, and really brings the thunder to Ford's lightning type one-two punch, if you will. I'll, I'll say the same thing that I kind of said for the offensive line as far as the running backs go. Like, until you actually put the pads on everybody, you're yeah. not going to get a full feel for what the running backs can do. Right. Uh, unfortunately, like just, you know, with those those hits the line, like what you'd be looking for is, is who's hitting the holes and all that. And yeah. while they're sure he's hitting the holes because you know that's running back mentality and all that. Yeah. But just it's not going to be the same as if it was live action. And this w- what I saw was not that. OK, that said, he's still breaking through to getting to the second level. But again, I don't know what that would have looked like if you were able to tackle. So okay. it, I, I just kind of feel like I wasn't given a, a fair shake at what Ethan Wright can really do. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll let coach know that you're disappointed you didn't get a fair shake. <laughs> I want to see full go. I mean, it's not going to change anything because he's playing by NCAA rules, and I get that. They're not, they don't really ever go full go. And, and nor should they because you don't want to injure a teammate or anything like that. But it was just, uh, like I said, I mean, it, I, I don't know what I'm looking at as a rookie evaluator out there and watching guys in spider pads. Yeah. Ethan kind of has that look to him of a guy that is a little different than most in mm-hmm. that, that ability to get through like tight spaces at the line of scrimmage. Right. And then, and then hit the, the gas button, you know, pretty quickly after he does, um, I like a lot what I've seen from him so far, but I've said that, you know, dating back to last year mm-hmm. um, that he has a little something extra to him that, that a lot of guys don't have. Right. And uh, I, I'm excited to see where his role goes, but Ford looks really good. Chuck looks really good. Montgomery has made uh, some really nice plays, especially Ryan as, a, as right? Ryan Montgomery as a pass yeah. catcher out of the backfield. Haven't seen a ton from Miles Montgomery yet. Yeah. Uh, he's been running a lot with the threes, and they haven't been, you know, working on the the inside running stuff as heavily with the third group yet. Right. Um, but they got they got a lot of talent at running back. They, they got a lot of guys. And as we've seen, you need that because you never know when you're going to be relying on your third guy or your fourth guy to get significant carries. Exactly. Chad, let me ask. Let me, let me ask you this though. Like with him no. being six one, I believe is, yeah. is Ethan Wright's height. How different is that compared to the running backs that we are accustomed to seeing dressing up for the Cincinnati Bearcats? Tavian Thomas was huge. So yeah. was, it, it's was, a little bit. It's a little bit more of a, too. Yeah, but it was a little bit more. Well, that was his fault. But that wasn't a talent issue. Um, it's a little bit more upright running style, which, you know, takes some people time to get used to because they're just used to seeing a little smaller, a little more compact. Um, a Dokes little bit was a more... little bigger. Dokes was wider, but he was, what, 5'11"? 5'11", yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, like, Ethan's legit got some length to him. Right. Um, you know, where you don't see that that big running back, like, hips and ass <laughs> that, that Dokes and Mike Warren both had. Right. Timestamp that, boys. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he's a little bit leaner, but he's not. That doesn't take away from his strength uh, at all because the kid's got some some guns on him. So he's just an interesting prospect because he doesn't look like he looks like safety. Right. 
doesn't he, Aaron? Like he looks like a safety. Well, and I I know you actually caught me going to the sheet to see like who the hell just ran that. Yeah. And you're like, dude, that was Ethan, right? And I'm like, all right, I'm sorry. First day. <laughs> we'll we'll forgive you. Tomorrow, I expect yeah, no you know every tomorrow. single person. <laughs> so if you're gonna lean, if you're gonna lean into this first day thing. No excuses tomorrow. So. First, first year, we're going first year. I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the sheet up with me in the press box, man. Get out of here. <laughs> who who was that number twenty one out there? Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> so of course, you know, you talk about a lot of talent in the running back room. Talent though, big time at the wide receiver position. Let's hear a little bit more about this Alec Pierce versus Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Not just the one time that that Pierce beat. No, it's team. every time. Yeah, but, but, it's but I want to know. I want to know. Alec Pierce, if he wasn't injury-ridden last season, is he getting as much talk as a Josh Wiley, you know, MyJ Sanders? Probably. Des Ritter as far as getting to the next level in the NFL draft? Because everything about Alec Pierce you like. I, obviously, he was on the freak list this that came out this, this morning by The Athletic. He is someone that can catch – pretty much any ball that's thrown to him. We saw numerous circus catches that he had last season. And some of those, I, he wore that big bulky shoulder brace for three games and looked like a completely different player when he was able to take that off in the AAC championship game, had the touchdown in the peach bowl as well. What is he looking like in this first four practices? Is it an elite wide receiver that we've seen that we know the potential is there for? He looks like a legit number one outside guy that can that can beat you deep and right. and still can run routes over the middle has the physicality and toughness to make plays along the sideline but more than anything take the top off yeah and uh you know th- that's something that we have talked about when when he hasn't been available or when they hadn't yet established it with him right. as that outside guy this offense has struggled with mightily Mm-hmm. And now that he is in that role and he's comfortable, he's a big time weapon. I mean, I, I've talked to some NFL people. From what, from my understanding, his grade going into the season is right in that third, fourth round range. Right, and he's he's the number one rated big wide receiver right now in the country. You know, guys with that type of size, that type of speed, like it just they're not they're not common. Right. You don't find many guys six three that run four fours that can jump 40 inches. Like it, it, it's not, they don't grow on trees. And something that we saw last year was he's bringing in these tough catches. You know, we saw a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. He, he might drop a, a, a pass here, pass there. But last season, he, he had that one beautiful catch against Memphis, had another awesome catch against Tulsa in the AAC championship game. I, is, is he showing those? circus abilities still and and truth be told would you say it's 50 50 between alec and sauce or is it kind of swing one way to the other no or? it's probably more 75 25 sauce right right which is just how good that's just a a, a spotlight maybe may, may more 75 25 on the deep balls uh alex has done a good job alec has done a good job um on the the intermediate stuff uh, but you know, sauce is generally right there, like to to bring him down when he makes the catch or whatever. Right. Um, probably, 
60 40 sauce on on the the shorter intermediate stuff um but that has become this year like last year must see tv was my J and hudson hudson right like those those were two two guys that are going to play in the nfl Mm -hmm. they were generally lined up against each other most of practice that was if you were wanting to have some fun in practice you would dial in and watch those two go after each other uh this year we're we're getting alec pierce versus my era uh, versus Ahmad Gardner, which is again two guys that are going to play in the nfl mm-hmm. two guys that are very talented two guys that are staples on uh their unit are, are guys that are critically important to the success of this franchise right and it's awesome to get a chance every day to watch them go at it i i was just, <laughs> just talking to alex yesterday after practice alec, alec i know his dad's gonna kill me <laughs> his dad listens to every podcast <laughs> You're so dead. i know whatever i was talking to alec and um he's like this isn't a shot at anybody else but the second that there's somebody across from me that's not sauce my life is instantly easier like <laughs> i i have much more confidence that i'm going to go make something happen right when it's anyone but a top two corner in the country that I'm staring at. But he, he said, he's like, look, man, that it makes me better every day because I have to figure out a way to get open on the best guy. Yep. Right. So. And Kobe's it's, it's been a fun out matchup, man. Too. Yeah. Kobe's been out, but Kobe's the fee- uh, field guy. Right. They try to keep the boundary guys against the boundary guys, the okay. field guys against the field guys. They try to. Aaron, you lit up a little bit when, when I mentioned wide receivers who has been catching your eye. Dude, it was astounding to see how fast and just how good this wide receiver room is compared to two years ago. When you see a Will Pauling, when you see a Blue Smith, when you see a Trey Tucker, when you see a a James Thompson, a Jordan Jones. So there's no Malik Mooge and no uh, Trent Cloud out there? It was insane to see. (laughs) Like, I looked at Chad at one point during practice. I'm like, they're so fast. Right. Because they're like just burning everybody. It, like, especially with the second team. Like, it's no knock on the second team because I, I don't believe our second team defense is not good when it comes to secondary. But our our second team receivers are that much better. Yeah. Like, it, it's just incredible to see just the difference that two years can make when you, when, you know, Jordan Jones transferred here from Arkansas. Mm hmm. And all of a sudden he's looking at the second team, um, at, you know, where he was running first teams a year ago, really. So is, is blue Smith ready? Is this the season yeah. he finally gets those, gets those reps and, and you start to see that, that high level prospect that he was coming out of high school. I think he might be the one guy that people are most excited to see hop on the field this year with what he can do versus like, just anybody who hasn't been on the field prior to this year. And that's with Will Pauling. That's the, that's a close second. Uh, I know that some people are higher on Will Pauling than they are on Blue Smith, but Blue's been my guy for a while, and I've not made that a secret. So I'm, I'm still going to roll with uh, with Blue. You're my boy. <laughs> from from the outside looking you, in, just – I'll take ahead. Will Pauling. That's fine. You'll take Will Pauling. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
Well, oh boy. In the little video that that the uh, official site, the, the official Twitter handle put out today, it was it was introducing you to Will Pauling, and you saw three or four just really good plays that they probably just caught in the three days leading up to making that video. So there's was, more than those three. Right. Right. So there's it, more than those three. Is I guess my question would be if if Will Pauling is making this jump that you know he is. I've there seen, is right. no F. So who <laughs> who is it? Trey Tuck. I, I, I there's just so many names on the outside. I mean, is it Trey Tucker? Is it is, is it Michael Young? Is it just Will Pauling's getting rotated in? We're we gonna go some five five out sets. Is I mean, I just it's, it's gonna be crazy to see how they do distribute the ball to all these playmakers, and it's it's a it's a problem that it's okay to have. I feel like you have to find a way to get Will Pauling on the field. Yeah, okay. like uh, Michael Young has been. Michael Young has had an outstanding start to camp. Outstanding. Right. Trey Tucker has been very good. Somehow, some way, throughout the course of a game, you got to find Will Pauling some snaps. The ball finds him. Like, it, it, he's just one of those guys. Open. He's open. And we got to come up with a nickname for Tyler Scott. 7-Eleven, I thought you were saying. No. That's everybody uses 7-Eleven as, like, always open. <laughs> so we got to come up with something else that's always open. I was thinking, like, Waffle House. Okay. Call him the Waffle. Or we could go local, like a local establishment that's like a, you know, like the Pepper Pod, the Anchor Grill. Okay. You know, something along those lines. Price Hill Chili. Price Hill Chili. Are they 24 hours? I think so. They might be. If not, they're damn close. (laughs) Price Hill Hill Tyler. Call call him Price Hill. What's up, Price? What's up, Price? We, we got to come up with something for Will Pauling. I, I just don't like 11, 7 11 is too, that's the standard. Like Generic, he's always yeah. open. Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we got to, we got to spice it up a little bit. You know, the way that you're talking about Will Pauling, it's kind of like what Trey Tucker was as a true freshman. Mm-mm. Well, no, no, no. Just, just where the offense had to find ways to get the ball in his hands at least a couple times yeah, every it's game. It's just going to be different. Right. Like Will right. Pauling's a guy that out in routes. Yeah. Finds a way to get behind your defense, finds a way to get open over the middle. And, and not that, that Trey Tucker doesn't, but with Trey, it was like, we have to utilize his speed mm-hmm. because his speed is different. We got to find a way to get Trey Tucker and they'll, they'll still have to do this this year. You got to find a way to get Trey Tucker, the ball in space. Right. You got to find a way to get Will Pauling ball. <laughs> like, right. like, just find a way to get him on the field and he'll find a way to get open. And he's a good example of, of someone that you said was there for spring practice. Yeah. Has that, that extra leg up. Is he running with the twos exclusively right now? Is he rotating in? Basically they're doing Michael Young and Trey Tucker one, one a with the ones Trey will do some with the twos and then will with the twos. Okay. Um, but man, he, he can go, he can go. Trying to think of another slot receiver would be what Marquez Bell. Marquez Bell gets a lot of time with the threes behind those guys. That was a guy going into spring I thought was ready for a breakout, and and Will Pauling jumped him. Yeah, I mean him and him and Evan had a good back and forth going throughout you know the spring game, but um, I I guess so what so Tyler Scott going to be the one that kind of mans the the opposite role of Alec Pierce. Yeah, and I think we finally have a stud field receiver. Right. 
Right. Like the outside guy, you know, it was, it, it was Alec and it was Khalil Lewis before him and dating back to before Khalil, it was Chris Moore. Like the, the boundary guy has consistently been effective in this offense. Yeah. They haven't had a field guy on the other side though, that makes you wonder what you're going to do rolling your safety. If you're going to roll your safety to the boundary, Tyler Scott's going to eat you up because he is always open. I mean, always open. It's just crazy to say, you know, we've heard Chris Scott's name mentioned, you know, Jaden Thompson. He's made plays. He's made plays. Blue's made plays. Right, right. So Drew Donnelly got a little shout out the other day too. Yeah, he's getting comfortable. I'll be interested to see where Drew Donnelly is in a week. Yeah. Like I'm not comfortable talking about him a lot yet but I'm interested to see where he is in a week because that stride is easy. I, that's, I borrowed that from Jim Kelly today. Okay. It, Drew Donnelly has a stride that is easy. Like once he opens up, there's no restrictor plate on that bad boy. <laughs> um, it, you know, he had a, a, a little bit of an issue the first two days catching the ball, which I think could easily be nerves and, mm-hmm. you know, anxiety of like one, Holy crap. I maybe didn't realize that there's this many dudes in this room. Yeah. That that I've got to compete with. Speed's also you know, different. It, yeah. But the, all those guys like Tyler Scott's one of the fastest guys on the team. No, no, no. I mean the defensive speed is different than what he's been accustomed to in yeah. high school. Well, but he's facing he was in Texas. There's a lot of speed in Texas. Um, but he's facing the threes right now. So it's not like you're running them out there against, you know, Brian Cook and, and Javon Hicks and, that and, and that crew. So yeah. eh, I don't know that it's, you know, he's, he's going mostly against guys of similar ilk, a lot of freshmen, a lot of sophomores. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I'd, I'd, I'd lump that as one of the issues yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as he moves up the depth chart, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> but they're in, a, they're in a position to get him comfortable right now, which I think they're starting to do. And he's starting to make some plays. To, to put this in perspective, Chad, a couple of years ago, the, the name that you always brought up in the wide receiver room during Camp Higher Ground that was really like, you know, this guy's really blossoming was Wyatt Fisher. And the fact that there are just all of these names that we are talking Eight, about just two them, years later, just two years later, all of these names, and you could easily just say rotate them in. And still Wyatt Fisher's on the team, and, and I'm, I'm sure making plays still. It's it's just just, he's pushed back down the line quite a bit. It's it's insane. The growth in that room in just two seasons. And well, you have to say the overhaul of the wide receiver room was a rousing success. Right. Right. Because they did that in one off season. One. Yeah. One. Alec Pierce. Trey Tucker was here coming off his freshman year. But pretty much everybody else was yeah. brought in last year or this year. Right. And they completely went from inept to we could put any of these guys on the field and feel mm-hmm. pretty comfortable. Yeah. I, I mean, you take away what Jay, Jay Sean Jackson, Malik Mouge and Trent cloud. And now you've got three waves coming at you. Yeah. Hawes. And you've got three waves coming at you. It, it's insane. It is insane. But you guys keep mentioning the defense. Let's let's go ahead and just touch on them real fast, and then we do have to dive into this mailbag. It is a uh, it's a very fruitful one. Thank you very much to the to the BCJ 
community, but uh, defensively, I want to talk defensive line first and foremost. Is Malik Van ready to show why he was so highly rated coming out of high school? I, you, you know, we've seen flashes here and there throughout his career so far. Is he ready to be that, you know, 60% of the snaps come out and just be a dominant on the other side opposite my, my, my Jay Sanders? Is it, I don't is know it that it'll be 60%. Yeah. Because you've got so much depth. Right. But I think he's ready to make a significant impact at, at three tech. Because because Elijah Ponder is the one player that I think does not get the amount of love that he deserves of being just an absolute stalwart on that defensive line. And, and I think a big reason why Maje was able to be so good, because you saw the games that Elijah was out last season, the rushing attack was starting to get going a little bit. You you definitely felt his his loss, but is is Malik going to be that guy this year? Are you seeing that sort of big jump to where he's going to be pushing for a first team or second team all conference, or is it more of a let's just keep getting better every single step of the day? I didn't look too many people up when they were on the sidelines as I was standing near them. And I knew Malik Van was number 42 with his uh, NIL deal and all that. Yeah. But I, but I still looked it up just to make sure there wasn't like a second 42. There wasn't a second 42. That's a grown man. He's a, he's a that's a large individual. <laughs> no, he's looked really good. Um, yeah. He's 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 not going to, you know, beat you with his just blazing speed. Right. But he's got enough quickness. He's got more than enough strength. You know, Malik Van is a guy that is going to have a very good year. I, you know, I, I think yeah. they they use that heavy rotation, especially from what we're seeing between him, uh, Jabari Taylor, and and Justin Watley. And, and you rotate those three guys at, at three tech, you know, pretty openly. Right. And you keep them as fresh as possible. Uh, I know Malik's, Malik's fighting. Malik wants more third downs. Okay. He, he didn't feel he got enough. He wants third downs to be able to pin his ears back. Let's be the sack and man. go get a quarterback. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so the, the sack numbers might depend on, you know, who they, who they see on third down. It'll be interesting. They just started today doing the, uh, the third down segment of, of practice with, with the, the music. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. With the purge blaring. <laughs> wow. uh, so I'm guessing you're going to get that tomorrow night. Boom, 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 boom. I like it. Um, so uh, we'll we'll keep a close eye to see like what what guys are getting those those important third down reps uh, as we go through the next couple weeks. So boop, 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 boop. wow, <laughs> there you go. That was good. Don't but... ever do that again, <laughs> Chad. I was interested to see, and and Aaron, I want you to tell me a little bit as well. Eric Phillips makes this giant body transformation, loses a bunch of weight. Yeah, he's listed as the backup nose tackle, you know? And is, uh-huh. is it is he still going to stay there, or is, do you see a possibility of bouncing to the outside, or was the Where does loss? he move outside right now? No, not right now. I, I mean, down the line. I, I, my crystal balls are broken. Oh, oh. Yikes. Right now, he's, he's still plenty big enough right. to be right. a defensive tackle. Plenty big enough to be a defensive tackle. And he's added quickness and strength because he's gotten stronger in losing the weight. Right. What he's done is he lost the bad weight. Okay. 
So he has looked really good in that role at defensive tackle with the twos. So I, I would not be concerned about his weight at all. If it allows him down the road, then they'll move him outside. Right. Um, but, but right now, you know, they've got a ton of depth outside. They do still have a ton of depth at tackle. But with moving Jabari Taylor outside, yeah, you needed up. that third guy behind Brooks and Brown at the nose, and that's the position Eric Phillips knows. So, and, I see and, what you did there. Yeah, he made it flow. The but, nose knows. So, so my Jay Sanders, backup Juwan Briggs, who has anyone kind of separated themselves as that third rush defensive end? Aaron, did anyone kind of catch your eye as as coming off the edge, or is that kind of more of a it's well, going to develop into something. We'll see. First off, you said you wanted my opinion on Phillips, Phillips and, yeah. and you never came back to me. Well, well, I want to come back to you. Let's well, let's hear your opinion on Eric Phillips with my, his big weight loss. That, how's, how's he looking? Uh, well, I, I went and looked it up just to make sure that I wasn't misquoting anything. But yeah. Brady Collins talked four days ago about mm-hmm. the fact that Eric Phillips is the most improved guy on the yes. team. Yep. He awarded him that. Like that's, I think that's a big deal. And I think that that's, he doesn't just give that to anybody, obviously. Right. So I think for whatever concerns you might have for where Eric Phillips is going to fit in, he's going to find a place. Yeah. Just solely based on the fact that he's clearly working his ass off. Yeah. Yes. It's go time. So third string rush defensive end. Right now, uh, uh, interestingly enough, the guy that's been out there with the threes more than anybody has been Jamal Williams. You know, really? we've talked a lot about Rob Jackson and, and Z Zaqui Lawton. Mm-hmm. When I've looked out there with the threes at that, that rush end spot, I've noticed Jamal Williams more than I've noticed anybody else who is officially listed at 6'4, 213. My he looks J, my J Bill. Yeah, he looks a little bigger than that. Um, after a couple of days at higher ground, we'll, we'll see. You know, my J came into higher ground right around 214. I think he left at like 235. Right. I'm guessing Jamal. I'm guessing Jamal spent some extra time uh, at Indiana Fried Chicken night tonight. (laughs) Okay. I almost went. If I didn't have to do this podcast, I would have gone back out there tonight for dinner. (laughs) Uh, Chuck invited me, and I was told their fried chicken is top notch. Top notch. (laughs) <laughs> and they only serve it, I think, one night the time the, during the time the team is out there. Unless you get tonight. wings. No, I'm talking fried chicken, Aaron. I mean, wings can be close to fried chicken. I'm talking – no, Aaron, no. Sure, sure they can. Fried chicken. All right. Finger Aaron. licking fried chicken, Aaron. Fried oh. chicken. So I want to double get down that- on – Get that wings crap out of here. That's fine. Wings are wings. Fried chicken is fried chicken. I want to double down on uh, on Brent's question for you, though, uh, with one of the questions out of the mailbag that pertains exactly to this. Um, are any of the young D linemen in the mold of a young Maje, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Ruffin, Sterling Miles, Jalen Monroe, et cetera, showing potential to earn playing time next year in the outside speed rusher role when Maje is gone? It's four days into camp, guys. <laughs> I don't know yet. They've had pads on for one day. Like two day, like right. let's let's pump the brakes on like making sweeping projections for who the next MyJ Sanders is, <laughs> because I didn't, you know, MyJ Sanders wasn't the next MyJ Sanders four days into camp. 
Well, what was the next before Maje? What? Silverberry Mulan? Yeah, probably. Walt Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been it's a while. It's been a minute. Yes. Definitely has been a minute. Don't do Gosh. that again. Silverberry, exactly. Silverberry Mulan. I was, I was teaching First you a lesson there. I love that. That's fine. Silverberry um, the man. I don't know yet. But the good news is those guys all looked apart. The they got some dudes. They got some guys that we'll see as camp goes on and as we get, you know, into, into the start of the season. Like, if any of those guys start to separate themselves like Maje did as his freshman campaign rolled along. Uh, the, like I said, the good news is there are options. And there are more on the way in 2022. So, that's the good it's news. Going up. Going up. Yes. To, to the moon. To the moon. Linebackers, is Darian Beavers looking like a legit NFL player through the first four practices? Yes. Yeah. Now, same for Joel DeBlanco. Has he made the next step, if you will, or is he kind of just going to be that steady, sturdy, strong middle linebacker that's going to eat up running backs when they get to the to the second level? He had a pick six while we were there, right? Uh, I think he had a pick. I don't know if I mean, I, I, I mean, there's there's no one back there. <laughs> right. Once you're gone in that corner, right? Um, no, I mean, I, Joel's going to be. I think Joel's a robot, man. Right. We talked about this for years. Like Joel is a robot. Same you, thing. Yep. You you plug him in. You put the the hard drive in him. You know, and and you download the information, and he goes out and executes exactly what you want him to do. Like, I think that's that's Joel. You know that that's that that's what I expect of him, and that's that's what he's done so far. And, then tie and again, yeah. here's the thing: like until we get a scrimmage, yeah, it's just it's you know reporting on practice is really really hard. The way that we do it, yeah, doing it like there's a reason we're the only people that report on practice every day. Right. It is very difficult because we're crazy. Well, we are crazy, and I blame this on Tim Adams. He he put this this curse on us because <laughs> Tim reported on practice every day, and people have come to expect because they kept feeding him. Yeah, it's <laughs> the truth. Like Tim, now I understand. I used to just like <laughs> I used to spare. Let's get look. We're gonna veer sideways here for a minute. I used to be the guy that like I just wanted to get home. And, and get done when I needed to get done and be done with the day. And maybe once or twice a camp, I would pop in and have like a, a lunch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were going to Velvet Smoke. We talked a lot about that. Like we were doing other things after camp. Uh, I was not one that was regularly hanging out at the cafeteria at Camp Higher Ground. I haven't missed a day. That Gatorade so on tap hits different. <laughs> Everything there hits different. I had the sweet tea for the first time today. The sweet tea was really good. Not that that's a surprise. Right. But the sweet tea was a surprise. I I was like, "Eh, I'm in the mood for a little sweet tea to go with my chicken fingers. And we had chicken fingers. uh, We had lasagna. We had macaroni and cheese. Heavy heavy carb load today. Why not? (laughs) She said the Amish come there. The Amish don't even celebrate electricity. And they go there. That doesn't even make sense. They turn all the electricity off when the Amish are there, except for the dining hall. 
Really? <laughs> no. Okay. I was going to no. say, I was like, I don't, I don't know if Christ. it's Amish or, or Mennonites. It, it, it's, it's the Mennonites. They, she, they do she, like, um, she did say the word Amish, but I, I think she it's meant like, uh, it's like, um, like a search and rescue, um, division of the, the Amish and the Mennonites that come as soon as Cincinnati football leaves every year, this group of Amish Mennonites, like whenever there's natural disasters, this group goes and like helps with the natural disaster. They train at camp higher ground. So they, she said, they'll literally like put someone in the woods, lose someone in the woods and they have to go find them really and save them. Yeah. It's an interesting twist on rump springer, but you know, uh, to teach their own, but either way. Oh my God. I, I hate both of you. <laughs> either way, either way. The food is fantastic. We know that. It's, yeah. it's built these guys. I, I mean, it, it is a little different seeing the uh, the level of play and the level of strength that all these guys have had. Brady Collins, number one, is a huge reason why. But I think also what they're able to do during this little time at Camp Ground helps a lot as well. And that's why I want to also bring up the sniper position. And you've kind of been touching on this a lot. Deshaun Pace is looking to maybe not overtake Ty Van Fossen, but kind of be right there mano a mano with Ty Van Fossen. And, and Pace is a player who I questioned, how on earth is this guy not higher rated coming out of high school? How on earth is this, you know, defensive player of the year not a, a four-star or a borderline th- high-level three? It sounds like he's really starting to come to his own in the, the first four practices, and I'm excited to see if he's going to be able to kind of man down that 50-50 at the Cyber. He's really, really good. I mean, he's just steady. Like, he's not a guy you ever – there's never a big play and you look and Deshaun Pace is the reason why. Right. Right? right. Like, and for me, like, as a, as a guy – as watching defense, that's, that's a big thing for me. Like, are you the guy that is the reason things broke down? Are you the guy that, that is the reason there's a guy running free you know, 25 yards past the line of scrimmage. And you don't ever feel like Deshaun Pace is that guy. Right. Now he's in a tough spot because Ty Van Fossen is also that type. And Ty Van Fossen has shown to be a guy that will fly around and make splash plays. Oh, his, his tackles are like three tackles in one. That's not something we've seen yet from Pace. Yeah, okay. So we're waiting on that next, like, where's the splash? We've seen the substance. Yeah. So you feel, I feel good at any point with either of those guys on the field. Mm -hmm. But I feel like to this point, we've seen evidence that Van Fossen is going to make the statement play, the the, the play that gets the defense fired up, the play that gets, yeah, <laughs> that gets Ryan Royer to raise the roof. Right. We've seen Van Fossen do more of that than we've seen from Pace so far. That's okay. not to say Pace isn't there or isn't going to do it, but I see better than I hear, as Marvin Lewis would say. Right. <laughs> That's my favorite Marvin Lewis quote. I see better than I hear. I know Marvin Lewis didn't invent that quote, but he used it relentlessly. And I've seen because Sundays. Okay. I've seen Van Fossen 
make those splashes more so than I've seen Tace so far. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing Tace be put in a position to show us that he can add that as well as being a guy. Why is, why was Deshaun Pace a guy that even with Ty Van Fossen and Jarrell White on the roster last year was getting, yeah, was getting snaps, was getting reps, was getting groomed. Mm -hmm. It's because coaches trust him. Right. Because he does the right thing. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see a lot of Deshaun Pace this year. A lot. Which, which Darrell kind of had that just high level IQ and it was just constantly around the ball. Yeah. Might, might not, you know, lay the wood like, like Ty Van Fossen has been doing recently, but still it's, it's a, a great one, two punch to have it, We talked about Wilson Huber is Jaheim Thomas next man up. Is that, is he showing that he's that, that, that freak that everyone thought of coming out of, out of high school. It seems like he he's developed a lot body wise from what I've been able to see. Just seems like he's needs the opportunity. It's it's hard to come by with with what's been in that linebacker room. Aaron, were you able to see Jaheim or or David Jones? Anyone else in the linebacker room that caught your eye? No, no, I wasn't. Great, uh, great attention to detail. Aaron. I mean, there was there was so much happening downfield. Like they, I swear to God, it, it felt like every two two of every three plays was a downfield play while I was there. Which is good. The offense need those splash plays. So that just means you were paying attention to four of every nine plays. I mean, there was a <laughs> lot happening. I'm still taking it all in like a kid in a candy store, man. Look, that's one thing I will say. Like it, it being able to like actually work camp is very much a skill. It's it's like when I was at the basketball practice and there were two games going on at the same time, like the first time that I've experienced this really for me yeah, and just taking it all in and being like, Oh, there's a guy, there's a guy, there's a guy, there's a guy. I was watching it all, but I wasn't watching anything. If that makes any (laughs) sense. And it was kind of like that with camp. Like, I mean, I took a lot in, but at the same time, like I didn't take enough in nearly. You took a lot in, but you didn't retain anything. I don't think that's fair either. Like, I mean, <laughs> you don't think it's fair. I, I, I'm serious. Like, it's, it's, I'm looking at numbers and still like doing that game. You know what I mean? So by the time I'm like looking at my sheet and putting together what just happened, the play's already over. The like the next play's already over. Yeah. Yeah. So you watch four of nine plays. I was you, I was accurate. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um. What was the question? Uh, Jaheim Thomas. <laughs> oh, Jaheim. Retention. I, I I think, like, he's close. He's close. Yeah. Right. But Brody Ingle's close. Right. Right. And Wilson Huber's close. Yeah. And David Jones is close. And two guys that I, I meant to put this in the, the write-up for yesterday, and it, it, it slipped my mind. Okay. Cam Jr. and um, Jack Dingle. No. Damn it. Leroy Bowers. Okay. Cam Jr. and Leroy Bowers. At the sniper. Those those are two guys that are kind of buried depth chart-wise right now. So they were doing a drill – working in punt protectors. 
trying to like, you know, DeBlanco is going to be back there for sure. But you, you kind of, you got to start figuring out like who's next at punt protector. Right. So, you know, they, they have the ball snaps and mm-hmm. then the guy moves back, you know, three, four yards into a space and gets set for the block. Right. And those two guys, and I think Bowers was probably more, even more aggressive than Cam Jr. was. Those two guys came screaming off the sideline and just smashed the punt protector. Like that's to me and that situation, that is two guys that know if I'm going to play this year, now it's going to be on special teams. Right. So I'm showing these coaches that are, that are looking on in person and that are going to be back in the, the offices watching on tape later today. I'm serious. Yeah. Like I'm serious. Yeah. And I mean, like it was, it was aggressive. The two hits, three hits, like each of them got a couple turns through it. And each time bang, it's right. like, Oh, all right. Like this is the guy that's trying to trying to make an impression. This is the guy that's trying to say, Hey, I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. I know I might not be on the two deep yet at linebacker, mm-hmm. but Write my name down. <laughs> right? Put write this down. I'm coming. Which and which? you're seeing a lot of that. The competition is it's it's such a weird. I've never seen anything. I talked about it with Will Huber today. I've mm-hmm. never seen anything like it. This separation right. of all these old guys that have been mm-hmm. here four, five, six years. And all these new guys from the 2020 class, the 2021 class. Right. The two best classes in school history, right? Yep. They're all bubbling right below the surface. Oh, that's awesome. Did you see that in the lunchroom? Like, I don't know if that's been a thing. I I noticed it when I was there. I don't know if you've noticed that in the times that you've been there outside of, you know, Saturday. But I saw, like, for a while, I I saw Beavers by himself. I saw... Uh, Lenny Taylor by himself until I haven't seen much of that until I saw a couple other guys come and sit with with Lenny Um, I think Beavers had only sat down maybe for five ten minutes by the time we were leaving but I saw all the younger kids they were at a group of like eight eight guys at a table like the whole table's full well there's a reason for that well and I think that I think that's kind of getting to the point you're making is like you got all these guys the older guys kind of doing their thing. And then you got, there's, these a, there's a reason bubbling. for what you saw though. And there's like, you kind of explained it, but you didn't know it. Go ahead. The younger guys don't have to spend as much time in the training room after practice. <laughs> <laughs> the younger guys get done with practice, right? They put their sweats on, they walk over, they get something to eat. A guy like Beavers shows up 30 minutes later after getting you know, stretched and worked out and, you know, muscles relieved and relaxed. There's a, that's the difference in, in what you're seeing there is those young guys get to lunch pretty quick at the end of practice. And you'll see 30 minutes after most of the old guys start trickling in because they needed maybe a little bit more attention from Aaron and Bob 
uh, in that training room before before they came over to get lunch. I think you saw a lot of that too in the in the ice baths where you'd see yeah the older guys kind of sulking in there a little bit a little bit longer. They were first in yeah first in every time, and then you well, see a guy a guy like Dante Corleone just take a whole bath and be like, I got this. Yeah, well, like the young guys usually are pretty quick in and out of that that ice tub. Like they haven't adjusted to ice tub life. They know that the ice tub is bad because when you first get in it, like if you ever jumped in an ice tub, it's, it's a hell. It's hell. It's awful. Awful. I, I've, I've been thrown in one once <laughs> and I almost like, like hyperventilated from losing my breath upon that initial, like when you come up and you're like, <sighs> it might be because my lungs are in absolute fucking disaster well, like, like like coach page and his kid crying for him oh that was so funny birthday. it was so funny <laughs> that that's a great story so like uh coach page it was his birthday on saturday his wife and his newborn daughter that's i think two months old and his two or so year old son came to practice you know to, to wish him happy birthday and visit and practice gets over and he's over hanging out you know, with his son and with his wife and his, his daughter. And all of a sudden, all the running backs slowly start coming over. And those, remember, like, they all do, like, the, the position group days where they go hang out and have a pool day together or they'll all go to dinner. Like, right. his little two-year-old son knows all these guys. Yeah. All the running backs. So he's dapping them up, and they're all, like, you know, hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and they're, like, they're, like, faking interest. And then they go in for the kill and they just scoop him up and they start carrying him over to the ice tub. And as soon as they do, his son just loses it. Ugly crying, like snot like, out of the yeah, face. Yeah, ugly cry. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you doing? To, why did you guys pick up my daddy and carry him away from me? On his birthday. Waiting, on his birthday. I've been waiting for him to come over here and talk to me for two hours, two and a half hours. He's in a number 18 Bearcats jersey. He's got a toy kid's helmet. Was it 19? Mm -hmm. Shaq Washington. Yeah. Number 19 kid's Bearcat jersey. He's got the little toy helmet, little toy football. He's running around. He's like fired up all day to see his dad. He sees his dad for two minutes. They pick him up, dump him in the ice tub. Hey, that's. that's, It was funny. I mean, it was the Bearcat way right there. Let's and it style, like in baby. the interview with Ethan Wright, Ethan's like, I knew like as soon as yep. we picked that, as soon as we picked him up, that kid was gonna cry. Like he was gonna be upset. <laughs> but we did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Well, that kind of wraps up just everything. I, I was gonna ask about the safeties, but I think they they've already shown that they're gonna be able to seamlessly take over uh by by accounts that you've been having, Chad. A little bit less talk about about Javon Hicks. Is he he's looking back? He's been to, fine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. He had a pick go through his hands today that I think he would like back. Right. But it was a play where like Michael Young had beaten his guy deep, and Hicks came over the top from a long way away mm-hmm. and cut in kind of right in front at the last second. Right. And he just couldn't get it to fall in the basket. But it would have been a great play if he had made the pick, but he made the break, like pass breakup. It wasn't a 50-yard, 60-yard touchdown. So <laughs> mission accomplished, but maybe not 
at the elite level that that you would have wanted. Well, so as, we're, well as we're talking about Hicks, though, I did want to bring up the fact that Bush and Hicks had a relationship that I don't know that's super well documented that you brought up Cook. in your interview. I'm sorry, Cook. Um, you brought it up in your interview with Cook. There's a bunch of these guys. Mm-hmm. They all played together growing up. I think that's a bunch just, of these hometown heroes. Quarterback just, and wide receiver. Just kind yeah. of a testament to what Luke is building here and just kind of cool to see the way that these guys have these connections that as you know, your your casual fans and even guys that have been following the team don't even necessarily know. So here's my idea. I'm I'm working towards this. The last day of camp every year, and this started with Tim, and I've continued the tradition, except for last year because we weren't allowed to go. The last day of camp, we do like a 10 questions, and it's usually with the position group. So you get the most fun position group, and you ask them just 10 goofy random questions, and, you know, you, you know who's the best cook, who's the best dancer, you know. I'm going to try to figure out all the guys that played on that peewee football team and do the 10 questions with them because those are bonds that have been built since they were you know 10 years old and i think that would be a lot of fun to hear those guys busting each other's chops not just as guys that have become brothers in college but guys that have been brothers since they were you know little shits yeah little shits Mm -hmm. seven seven degrees of peewee yeah so I, I, uh, that's my thought for 10 questions this year. I need to, to really dig to the root of who were all the guys that were on this peewee team over the years that you guys all played youth right. football together. Or at least in the league, because I don't know if they were necessarily on the same team. Most uh, of them were on the same team. Like okay. that's, there's a, there's, a, we'll see how many we get that were on the same team before we, if I can get like five, or so five or six that were on that team it works great for a 10 questions that'd be fun yeah you did the tight ends a couple of years ago with the, yeah all, all of them with the bleach blonde hair yeah it was, was a funny big big bird your your friend josh but anyway <laughs> uh yeah. he looks so stupid with that bleach blonde hair <laughs> as opposed to any other day josiah thought he looked I didn't like say a, that like a model with <laughs> but uh but no so so of course it's it's good to hear, but I think Cook is really interesting. You know, played quarterback growing up, then played cornerback at, at Howard. Now he's yeah. playing safety. I just think that's a uh, great to just have that multi-positional, just know how to play all over the place. But Aaron, let's move on. First off, just awesome. Camp Higher Ground is fantastic. I can't wait to be out there tomorrow Same. night. See what it's like yet Taco again. Bar. Oh, uh, yes they they spoil everyone that goes, and for that we are forever grateful. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to see it. But Aaron, Luke Dalton, Brent? Luke Dalton. Yeah. Yep. Real, real quick. Tell me a little bit about him. Seems like it was another offensive tackle that loves to talk. So that's a common theme that I've, I've been running into is these <laughs> offensive linemen love to talk. Uh, one of the things he said to me um, was that uh, tackles are the most intelligent, the funniest, the best looking and uh, that's that's what you're going to run into anytime you're talking to tackles, which uh, how do you not laugh at that? I mean, the kid was recruited by Harvard, recruited by Penn. Like those are big deal schools if you're awesome. keeping score. Right. Um, so he's he's definitely smart. Um, he mm-hmm. chose his words very selectively when we talked, um, even though he said an 
awful lot of them. Uh, it was, right. it was, a, I mean, it was a 35 minute conversation between he and I, and uh, I don't know, man, it's just, it's surreal getting to know these kids. And like, I know that, you know, as I'm typing these words, like you can't hear the connotation in their voice. Like you can't hear it, how excited they are. Like, even if I capitalize things, even if I use an exclamation point, even if oh, I no, you count, can tell. You can tell, but, Aaron. But the kid oozed how excited he was, and I right. hope that was conveyed in the words that I put on paper because it was it was a cool interview, and just getting to hear that kid talk about how much it meant to him to, like, basically fall in love at first sight with the university, yep. it, was, it was pretty surreal. And I hope that I did a good enough job just translating those words in the ways that I did. I, you, you definitely did. And I... You know, my, my favorite thing about these is just you do feel, you know, feel that passion with what they're saying, you know, that just that the, the upward trajectory of the entire program and just how, you know, it's like right now is the time that you want to get in and be a part of this. So, you know, come along for the ride and just the the momentum is just next level. And you see it at Camp Higher Ground. You see it in your articles with the commitments. It's uh, it's something that's really, really awesome to be a part of. One of the funniest things that he told me though when we were talking is uh he said uh, this has been the easiest interview i've ever done and i was like well, thank thank you i, I appreciate that and he's like i actually had one guy tell me that i hit the word count what <laughs> he said that <laughs> he said that they that he hit the word count and i'm like that, that just means that his translator only has so many words that it allows him to translate oh gosh and that you surpass that and he's not going to go back and, and want to actually have to translate. Now, just to give you a transcribe, heads up, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know that you use a transcriber. I do not at all. I go the, back and I, I listen, to, I listen yeah. to everything and type everything out verbatim. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a little bit harder than maybe my work has to be. But for me, like getting to go back and, and put thoughts together as I'm typing things out, like that's my happy place for like my medium for yeah. all of this and allows me to put the story together before I'm even putting it on the paper. Right. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine telling a kid that you've hit your word count. No, nah, like that's, that's not something you say. That's I don't have a word count, but I have a minute count. If you get over 10 in an interview, we're about done. We're about done here. All my interviews are over 10. We're about 10 done is, here at 10. 10 is where I'm, I'm happy to like happy to get a kid to 10. Like that's where I know I'm at least going to get a whole article. And anything over that is where I know that I'm getting good stuff. So like, that's, that's kind of where I've, I've found my media. You got to ask better questions earlier in the conversation. Some of these kids, it's like pulling teeth, man. (laughs) Well, speaking of minute count, um, let's go ahead and hop into the mailbag. Aaron, those articles are fantastic. And you guys, I seriously, you do, you do feel the enthusiasm, the excitement of the kids through those articles. So just, you know, keep up the good work and obviously, staff found keep your, up the work you have found your niche writing recruiting articles like it's fun, i really man. i really think your brain works a lot like 17 year old kid so they relate to you it's completely fair because you know i sit here and watch netflix shows that don't make sense for my age range outer like, banks right. outer banks i'm not i'm not even being a smart ass on that i'm saying legitimately like you talk to these kids like a 17-year-old because you still kind of are. I, I I still can't get my hands on a PlayStation 5, but every time it pops up on my Twitter alerts, I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it's fine. 
All right. So first question out of the bag. Uh, biggest surprises of camp so far. Feel free to throw in the food, too. I think we've covered the food, at least at a surplus, mm -hmm. until we've gotten back there for some more. Be ready uh, next Monday after we've had the taco bar. But biggest surprises of camp so far, Chad? I'd say Evan. Like, seeing – not I don't know. Again, see better than here. Mm -hmm. But I think there were some legit questions coming out of the spring as to how ready Evan was to be the number two quarterback. And granted, we still have almost two weeks to go right. before camp is done. And there's a lot to still play out. But through the first four days, I feel way more comfortable than I did coming into camp that Evan Prater is not only the backup, a competent backup, but also the quarterback of the future. I think that's, that's all you can ask for. Chef's uh, the other biggest storyline, if I had to pick two, did they say three or can I pick two? Just go two. They didn't say big. They just said biggest surprises. Feel the wide three, receiver Ryan's group, three. The, the wide receiver group being as good and as deep as it has shown has been uh, not something I fully expected right. because I expected from what we saw coming out of spring we saw really good springs from like sammy anderson and todd bumpus um that i jaquan shepherd's been really good yeah i i think they're in, like people don't realize this and i we're gonna you know we'll get to this next year like what the hell are they gonna do when sauce is gone i think jaquan shepherd steps in for sauce not at the level that sauce has played but Jaquan Shepard as a boundary corner has been very, very good. And he's um, been he's been a special team ace. Yeah. Ever since he's been on campus, which is what they love as well. So, so, so take this wide receiver core though and add a Quincy Burroughs, add a Marcus Peterson. Right. right. <laughs> like, what are we doing? This is so, so different than two. Reload. Years ago. Reload. So I mean it, it just seeing Chris Scott start to come into his own. Chris yeah. Scott is a really talented kid that we just kind of forgot existed last year. Right. Right. Yep. He started to come on blue Smith been worried about the injuries been worried about it. it, 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 it the greatest ability is availability, right? He has not been available. Jordan Jones is, is almost an afterthought. Jordan Jones has still made plays and he's still making he's, plays. Yeah. So like, point. Just, like, it's, it's just crazy. The, the overall depth of this wide receiver room, especially against this secondary has been the storyline of the first four days of camp. Like I, I really think that those two are the things that maybe we didn't like, we didn't know um, offensive line still, man, they got to figure it out, but I, I just don't know how much of it is. They got to figure it out versus even if you figure it out, you got no fucking chance to stop those guys across from you anyway. Mike Trump. <laughs> Dave Sullivan, camp diets and food. You should definitely talk about this with Brady. Hold that thought. Bring it back to us next week, please. Yeah, bring it back, please, next week. Brady, you'll be here next week. What are your floor and ceiling comparisons for this year's offense and defensive lineups compared to any of last year's football teams? 
the best. <laughs> I'm just reading it the way it's right. Written. Don't don't get mad at me. Oh, I'm trying to decipher like what they're looking for exactly. There is it like the past I mean, Bearcat I don't, teams? I, don't, I mean, I guess like if you're comparing to to last year's offensive defense or last year's defense, 2009's offense, or no, I think they're saying compare it to last year's offense and defense lineups. But what are their floor and ceilings by comparison? There is no ceiling. Mark, I don't know. Mark, Mark, we need to Mark, I love you, but the wording of this one is a little a little we'll, off we'll, for you. We'll, we'll actually we'll we'll allow a pass on that. Come again, come back to us next week with a better worded <laughs> question so we know the hell you're talking about. Give me an example. Like what exactly are you? I want to answer it right. That's the thing. Mark is Mark has great questions. He's he probably the best at this mailbag. He hits me so, in the middle of the week to ask me if this is a good question. So I, I wasn't I given wanna, this one. I want to make sure we 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 suss out the wording so that we get the answer right. All right, moving on. Who would be the fifth tackle after Tunstall if he gets allowed his eligibility? Because I'm told we should hear something now on that in the next five to seven days. Still a question mark. So everything has the- been submitted to the NCAA. I'm told they feel good about where things are at but they felt good about Hudson. So we'll, we'll see. see, but yeah, hurry up. We should wait. know soon. Yeah. Who would be the fifth tackle after Tunstall and Cam Cam Jones? Are any of the young guys make a name for themselves as a potential tackle to that second line? I don't know that there's anybody that is, that has jumped out yet. Um, and I'll have to get a little deeper into watching like those third team guys. Um, I know Luke Collinsworth, is a big some bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's one of those dudes when he comes on the field, you take notice. Like that's a big boy. Um, but I haven't, they they just got pads on yesterday. I haven't really dug into going and watching like the one-on-ones. Um, I might do that tomorrow and let you guys watch seven on seven and take notes on seven on seven while I watch the uh the offensive line battle. Yes, Aaron. That, that just brings me to what we actually got to see the day that I was there when they like their first drill, the, camp. the opener. Yeah. That was insane. Totally forgot about that until this moment in time. So Brent to bring you up to speed, like, yeah, they are, they're basically just lining people up and running one-on-ones every day. They do something in different a circle yeah. where everybody's like they, yeah. dancing and all that shit. Like, go ahead, Chad. Every day they do something different. Right. Like today it was one-on-one blocking drills. When Aaron was there, it was red zone, like legit, the guy against the guy. Like this is the guy yeah. that covers you every day. We've got five yards. We got five mm-hmm. yards. Who gets the touchdown? A couple of fades, um, yeah. Not a lot of fades. Really? Not a lot of fades. A lot of like guys trying to juke another, you know, you're trying to yeah. make you're trying to get the splash like the the highlight clip yeah. play. Right. The fades are kind of that's old school. Like you know. And you, you, get, got the, you got the offense in one side of the circle, the defense in the other side of the circle, and they're all just like cheering frenzy. only their guys. It's it's insane. So, so the winner the next day they do stretches on that unit's side of the field. So there is something at stake. It's minor, but like it's it's to, to, to these right. guys competing against each other every day, we're warming up on our side. 
Like you see your side down there. You get, you guys aren't fucking down there today. <laughs> We're down here today because we won yesterday. Well, my so day lined up on somebody, didn't he? Yeah. My day like, lined like up. They, they actually, at, at the end, they had defensive linemen lining up on offensive linemen uh, to see who could make the play. So like they have some fun with it. They do it. Like it's, it's serious. Like, you know, Alec Pierce and, and sauce. And uh, I think we had uh, Michael Young and Brian Cook and, you know, Tyler Scott and Kobe wasn't out there, but like Tyler Scott and Todd Bumpus. And, and then towards the end, they have a little bit of fun with it. They'll do one day. I'm not sure what day it'll be, but one day they'll do uh, catching punts. Right. And they'll with, call the, the big fellas. Out. Oh, the coaches. They'll call the offensive linemen. And then at the end, they'll call the coaches out sometimes like crook and Scruggs. Like you two are up next. See yeah. which one catches this punt. Like it, it, they have a lot. They did that with there. McAfee, right? When McAfee yeah. was there that one time. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. Like I hope that's the opening. See, I hope we get to see something like that to where like it kind of blows your mind. But uh, for Chad, what is the best camp food you had the pleasure to eat? Follow-up question. Assuming Chad can get the funding and BCJ launched a remake of the hit TV show, The A-Team, who plays what roles and why is Aaron Amy Allen? (laughs) I guess the question would be who plays Mr. T? I don't think we have a Mr. T. I pity the fool. I'm the boss, you know, the guy with the cigar and the white hair. Like, I'm already, you know little overweight i'm pretty much already there um who plays mr t who's amy davis allen? Why murdoch I, why am i the girl you're very sensitive that's fine i cry <laughs> you've called me crying many times like you're you many you might be several several you might be the girl that's okay it's okay to be in touch like it's okay mm-hmm. there's no masculine shaming here i cry all the time but is amy allen funny i i don't remember enough about i haven't watched the a-team in a long time i looked her up she's good looking so that's that's a plus for you aaron you're welcome <laughs> dave is murdoch murdoch is like the complete total smart ass doesn't give a shit dave is murdoch uh hannibal at like the the suave guy I guess we'll go. With, we'll go with Brent there. Okay. Now I'm just upset with all of this. <laughs> but we don't have a Mr. T. We're gonna have to get a Mr. T. It's Brady Collins. It could be. I mean, Brady is officially like part of this. Thank God there's no nil because he's got the most gravelly voice out of everyone. He does. Like maybe Brady is Mr. T in the in the BBP world. Mm-hmm. Which which true freshmen have shown the most so far in cr- in camp? Will Pauling. <laughs> Next question, sir. From the mountains. Over under sacks edition. 12 and a half sacks for MyJ. Seven sacks for Van. Six sacks for Brooks. Five sacks for Brown. Seven sacks for Briggs. Six sacks for Beavers. Four sacks for DeBlanco. Holy crap. All those, are, all those are really high, first off. I think, I think MyJ gets to 12 and a half. The record is the record in a single season in, in program history is 13. I think Maje is the best rush end in program history. Definitely. I agree. 
So I think he gets to, I I take the over. And then Malik, Malik, we need to see where he's at on third down, right? We just talked about that. Right. If Malik is a regular on third down. I think you're, I think you're analyzing entirely too much. I think it just has to be over under. Over for my J. Seven for seven for Van. Okay, yeah. Th- then I need to fucking talk about it, Aaron. I was trying to hurry through this. <laughs> go ahead. If we'll go quick on the other ones. If Malik is on the field a lot on third down, the attention is going to be on Maje. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think Maje gets a lot of first and second down sacks because you can't block that dude. Right. If Malik is on the field on third down. I think he gets over seven. Yep. All right. So six for Brooks. I'll go under. Five for Brown. Under. I think he's right at around five. Right. So if it was five and a half? If it was five and a half, I'd probably go under because okay. I think he's right at five. Just wanting to see. Uh, seven for Briggs. I don't think Briggs gets on the field enough because he's playing behind my Six for Beavers. Over. I'll go I'm over. over. I'm over too. Uh, that was the one I wanted to put my input on. Uh, yeah, four, for, four for DeBlanco. Under. I'll go four and a half. I think he gets over. I think the better person for that spot would be Huber. Huber. I'll, go, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go less less sacks, more picks for DeBlanco. Ooh. I can see DeBlanco dropping into coverage and confusing a quarterback who is trying to get rid of the ball because he's about to get his head taken off <laughs> and DeBlanco gets some picks. I'm not, I'm not uh, against you there. We're right there. All right. Understanding that it can vary by nation slash league. No what's, idea. What's I have the, no idea. I, I haven't even finished the question. Okay. What's the approximate range of salary guys can make playing overseas. You see guys like Troy and SK try to hang on in the G league and make a roster, but then eventually go to Europe. I have no idea. I know it's like, I know it's anywhere from like 35, 30 to like to like millions. Yeah, I have no idea. But like the range depends the range on the league thing. you're in. Yeah. yeah. Also also depends on what kind of uh, exchange rate you're getting when you're hopping at the airport. Shut up, Aaron. You're welcome. Um I have no idea. I like I, I legit I uh, the other thing is I don't ever and I will never ask those guys about their money. I, yeah, I, I don't, right. I, I, it's just not my, like, that's, I don't care what's in their pockets. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, like, yeah, I, I, I don't sensitive. have a point of reference on that, but yeah, that's your money. I don't care. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Chad, do they have a place for you to crash for the night if needed? Yeah, but it's like a cot in a <laughs> he's, bunker. He's already got back spasms, man. Don't put that on him. Yeah. I'm not doing that, man. I'm coming home and sleeping in my bed. I've got a heating pad on my back right now mm-hmm. as we do this podcast. What kind if of you're magic- wondering if I look like I'm sweating, I know I don't put the video out, but I look like I'm sweating a little bit. It's because I've got a heating pad on high your, on my your back hair, right now. Your hair, the way it looks right now, I feel like you should be yelling at Donnie to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Instead, I yell at you to shut the fuck up. I mean, that's where we are right now in our relationship. Right. Any of the young defensive linemen in the mold of a young MyJ? We already, we already talked about that. that. Three biggest risers and three biggest fallers through the first four days of camp. Uh, three biggest risers, Will oh. Pauling, Evan Prater, 
Uh, Deshaun Pace. Blue? He went from nobody. No, Blue had a good spring up until he got COVID. Like, we were pretty high on Blue in the spring that he was making making his move. Um, Ethan Wright? Vinny McConnell? No, because he, he didn't snap good today. Pace. And, and like, uh, no, nah, Pace is exactly, I just, like, Pace is exactly what we expected right. so far. Um, that third biggest riser. I'll go Lenny. Lenny, Lenny, Lenny has been Lenny. really good right. with Josh yelling and screaming, standing right behind the line of scrimmage. I took, like, 30 pictures today. Every one of them, Josh was standing directly behind the quarterback, like engaged. He's Here, a crazy. Person. Here's something. Here's something crazy. <clears throat> Kobe has been out, right? Yeah. But he's been around a lot. Mm-hmm. The first day of camp, Kobe did not participate in anything live action. Still dressing. Guess how many yards? Kobe Bryant moved on that first day of camp based on his monitor that was on him while not being on the field during anything live running down the field, chasing wide receivers. Guess how many yards Kobe Bryant traveled over 500 way over 500. I'd say, uh, 2000. Six, six yards. Six thousand okay. yards. <laughs> I was about to say, man, he was standing there and not moving. <laughs> Six thousand yards. That's all. This is he why moved. they. This is why they have to eat six thousand calories. Like, <laughs> right? Come on, man. That's a guy that's not running up and down the field as part of a live <laughs> participant in practice. We didn't he, move. We didn't move a thousand yards when we were there. You might not have. You didn't either. I followed you. <laughs> All right. Three biggest fallers. Fallers, uh, Bumpus and, and Sammy Anderson were two guys that I thought closed the spring really well. They have not uh, fared as well with the competition rising. So I'm fascinated to see do those two guys, because they, they, kick the ass of a lot of the guys we're talking about having a good start to camp. Let's see Sammy and Bumpus match that, right? Let's see them take that jump over the next week and say, we're not going anywhere. Because today we saw Justin Harris as the number one field corner. If you remember him, he was the last one on the field when all the Georgia guys were Getting the trophy. It's technically incorrect. He was the first one on the field from no. the locker room. He was standing there waiting for somebody that was still sitting on the bench watching the ceremony. All right. Brian Cook. He was waiting for Brian Cook to walk off the field. So he was standing there waiting for his teammate who was sitting there on the bench watching Georgia get the, the Peach Bowl trophy. Just wanted to get that little, I didn't little know that. additional. No, not I don't think anybody knows that. That little piece of additional information out there. The picture was captured of Justin Harris standing there, which, yes, 
credit to Justin Harris because he was standing there watching this all go down and soaking it all in. But he was also standing there waiting for his teammate, the only guy left from Cincinnati that was on the field, sitting on the bench watching Georgia's celebration, which was Brian Cook. That's a, that's a little bit of information you only get at Bearcat Journal. You don't yeah. get that anywhere else. And it's not even on the uh, the pay site, so you got that in the uh, in the podcast. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, if next year's NFL draft was happening next weekend, how many guys from UC have a legitimate shot to be drafted, and who are they? I feel like we've covered this question a little bit. Sauce, Dez, Beavers. Wiley. Ford, Wiley. Alec Pierce. Alec Pierce, for Kobe sure. Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Uh, Renfro? No, no. Renfro, Renfro can't come out. He's a sophomore. Not this year. Yeah, it's only his second year. Um, um, he was a COVID sophomore. No, that's no. It. no, he was a true freshman last year. Um, you said Kobe? I think yeah. Cook can play his way into that. But, but it's I, next I, week. I next week. If the draft was next week. Yeah, that's true. Happening next weekend. But I think if you if you if you test Cook like today, yeah, if you put him in a combine today, the Bengals call yeah. him in real fast. <laughs> I and I think if somebody was like, "We're not going to draft you," and like Cook stared at them, and they were like, "Okay, <laughs> we, we are going to draft you." What did you just say? <laughs> we're scared of shit. Like I think Cook is in that mix. Um, are you not entertained? <laughs> That is not the draft you're talking about. <laughs> you, you will draft me. Um, I think those, like, there's eight or nine guys right off the top of my head. That's pretty wild. That's wild. Awesome. Will, we sh- will we show any interest in offensive lineman Ryan Jacoby transfer from Ohio State? No. Okay. They don't have any spots open to take any players right now. Even with the five guys? That have been ruled out from no okay you get 25 guys a year they are taking 25 that's it questions for brady from hoops junkie save them for next week and we'll we'll uh try again um jerome ford over under 800 rushing yards over, over. easy over uh with public news of bechevich Prater, Martin, Allen, Oaks, all no longer on the roster due to medical reasons as it allowed this upcoming class to grow in size, either through high school recruit or transfer or those scholarships already spoken for on the roster. If they do allow the upcoming class to expand some, what positions do you think they look at that maybe they wouldn't have if those spots hadn't opened up? Uh, Prater was not on scholarship, Garen Prater. So he doesn't matter. As I posted on the message board after this question was asked, they are going to be able to take 25 players in 2022. Um, I would expect 21, 22 of those to be high school prospects. And then three or four to be saved for transfers. Uh, I think it's quarterback, tight end, and a couple, one or two spots best available. Get the best, the best kid you can find. So I, I don't know that there's any, like, maybe this year they realize, like, we have to get a center, center, center. <laughs> <laughs> Much like 
Jake Renfro came in as a center. Um, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, but we'll see there. Like, I don't think they've made that that decision yet to where it becomes a like, like we have to do this type deal. Um, other than that, like, if you find a wide receiver you love, if you find a corner or a safety you love, a linebacker, you go find like a dude. The the you know because you're you're already saving three or four spots for transfers, right? Where you think you need impact stuff on the roster. And look, man, next year is going to be wild. This time next year, the conversations are going to be entirely different. (laughs) Because we know right now the ones. And we know down to a very narrow space, the twos. Next year? Oh boy. Like camp next year is going to be fat camp spring ball and camp next year. Be fun. Are going to be knife fights because they're going to be guys every day out there trying to prove mm-hmm. this is my spot. Michael Jackson style, like clap hands and you got the knife back yeah. here. <laughs> Beat it. Um, are any of the walk-ons, especially the offensive linemen, showing potential to impact the depth chart at some point? The one guy that has been getting a little bit of run um, because of all the shuffling is Joey Grober, who was a transfer from uh, Cincinnati Christian University when that program shut down. Mm-hmm. So it was a guy that did have some college experience. Um, that is at least a name to kind of keep an eye on. He is 6'3", 330, good size for a guard, good size for an inside guy. He's, uh, he's been been working at right uh, right guard. What year is he? Uh, junior. He's, he's also Brady's favorite pick in all the eating competitions, too, if you yes. notice that. Yes. So. Uh, he's 6'3", 330. That's what <laughs> Um, that would be the one walk on right now on the offensive line, uh, that would, that's showing some potential to impact the depth chart. Uh, obviously Ryan Royer is probably going to be a starter and Heisman candidate Yep. at some point, uh, this year. Uh, I talked to Ryan a little bit today after practice. He's kind of upset. He's not getting as many reps with the ones, uh, that he thought he deserved coming into camp. So we'll monitor that situation going forward fair pressure he took an awful lot of snaps when i was there after practice uh trying to long snap yeah i mean that's the that's why i love ryan royer like he's not good but he he was there he was trying the ethan he'll try anything like it doesn't matter ryan royer just wants to be a guy on the team like that's the awesome thing about ryan royer he is going to be a regular on this podcast when his career at Cincinnati ends. Can't wait. I like I've I'm already planting those seeds. Like I want Ryan Royer on here like once a month for sure. <laughs> you think I'm a wild card? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> do you I think love it? Do you guys think that many of the underclassmen, juniors and below, will be allowed to take COVID years going forward since they will count against the 85 scholarship limit? Do you, do you want the real answer to that question? 
I don't think there's going to be an 85 scholarship limit. I mean, if you're no, there is. the kids who have COVID years, like you're only going to do yeah. that for one year. Yeah. One year. That's it. Yikes. Depends on how good you are. <laughs> right. Like that's if, if Kobe Bryant wants to come back, Kobe Bryant gets to come back. If a guy that's, you know, toiling on the third string or like, you know, right there hanging around the two deep after five years, once to four or five years, wants to come back, mm-hmm. probably time to get on with your life's work. <laughs> all right. If so a guy that's a starter and an all conference player says you know, over the next three years, like I want to take that COVID year. All right. Come on back. So I, th- I think we know the answer to this question. Uh, Fickle said he was going to finally watch the Georgia game before the spring practices in an interview. I don't recall if he ever did and what he thought. Somebody did reply. He already stated that he watched the game in a previous interview. He shrugged and said he didn't enjoy it and left it at that. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. Moving into the basketball segment of the mailbag. Why is sandwich meat round when bread is square? Sausage. Uh, because the cuts of the meat are round. In order to make them square, you would have to lose a sellable portion of the meat. Unless you like, get that, that meat that has like the peppers in it that nobody likes. But that's manufactured, right? That's trimmed down and basically pumped into that, that soft square casing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a square, like the, you know what I'm talking about, like the Pumpernickel. salami. Yeah. And yeah. Those are all put in bologna. a bologna. Yeah. Yeah. But true lunch meat, like the, the chunk of meat that it's cut from is usually pretty round. Right. So that's why the meat looks like that. Because if you cut it into a square, you're wasting a whole lot of fucking meat to go to sell. Because you weigh that shit by pounds, right? You're wasting yep. pounds if you do that. You just want an all-expense-paid trip to anywhere in the world, but you can only go if you take three of the people you dislike the most with you. Who are they and where are you going? There's a joke in there. Oh, boy. I mean, this is a loaded-ass question. I think this is directed only at you. <laughs> right? Because nobody, nobody knows who I dislike the most. <laughs> I don't really dislike anybody. There are things people do that annoy me, of course. <laughs> but I don't like, I don't dislike, like I hate, dislike, like I, I don't really feel that strongly towards anybody because I feel it's wasted emotion. Right. Right? Like, it, it, it just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't move the needle for me. No. Um, so I'm not going to allow you to set me up in that, <laughs> like, to make me pick. Right. We'll talk about but, it. Right there. <laughs> I don't think there's actually anything different to talk about. There's one, there is one name, but we won't talk about it here. We will talk about that off air. I'll confirm <laughs> that one. I'll confirm that one on air, but I think you guys know the name. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't coach here anymore. What does it cost no, you to be? No, that's 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 not correct. 
It's not correct. <laughs> um, if I if I had to go anywhere in the world with three people that I don't really care for, all expenses paid. All expenses paid. I'm probably going to like I love Jamaica. I just love Jamaica. I love the people. Yeah. My wife and I have been several times. Like I, I just love the atmosphere and like the environment in Jamaica. So and you can, it would, the and you can be by yourself be a little bit, you know. Yeah, or everyone can get high as shit and not hate everybody anymore, and it's fine. Whatever. That's also a possibility. <laughs> That's also a possibility. But I, I don't even care to that. Like I think I like when I'm in Jamaica, I'm in a pretty like mellow. Like I love Red Stripe. Like there's the ocean yeah, there. Beer. As long as there's yeah, beer. As, long, as long as there's not a hurricane coming. Like it's a pretty chill experience. You got um, like one month of the year you can visit there, right? <laughs> but that one month, I'm fucking down. Like I really, I really enjoyed Jamaica. Thanks, global so, warming. So I would pick Jamaica. What does it cost you see to be at Camp Higher Ground? Is there a contract or just a gentleman's agreement? Is there any concern of it going away in the next five to ten years? There's a contract. I don't know what it is. Um, I know it's very favorable for both parties. Um, concern of it going away? No. Those two, those two groups of people love each other. <laughs> like, I, I couldn't even like imagine. peas and carrots. Yeah, they are. Like they, they are. Higher ground has turned down innuendos from Notre Dame, Ohio State, and the NFL. Like, maybe, maybe if there's different people running the place. 10 years from now, something mm-hmm. changes. But as it stands with Chuck and his wife and the, and the way that things are developed and, and established at higher ground, here's a, here's a great number for you. People know the name John Whittakin, right? John Whittakin is the director of operations for UC football. Mm-hmm. He helped broker the deal 23 years ago to move UC football camp to higher ground. He has now spent almost an entire year of his life at Camp Higher Ground. To watch the two of you go at it is the funniest thing in my entire life. His <laughs> jokes aren't even good, but just the things that come out Who? of his... Chuck? No, not, that don't... not Chuck. Um, are you talking about Chuck? Or are you talking about... Um, you, you, I don't think you've ever met with. Oh, I, I thought we were talking about your buddy on... Uh on UC staff that you go back and forth with. I thought that was the one that you were talking oh, about. Oh, Bob Mangine? Yes. Oh. I thought that's Bob who you were I, talking about. His spent a no, year there. No. Wid is Wid runs the the daily operations of UC football. Bob Mangine is the team trainer. The goat. Who, the goat. God, to watch Bob, the two of you go at it is the funniest thing in my life. Bob and I love each other. We really like we go he, at he, it. He hates you. Oh no. No, no, no. He writes about it in his journal every day. <laughs> we we get after it. Bob and I get after it. We have a lot of fun. I love I love Bob Mangine. Bob Mangine was like the trainer for Northern Kentucky athletics for like 20 before he like ascended to the place that he's at now. Bob Mangine. Bob Mangine, this is fucking insane. Fucking insane. Bob Mangine started his career as the trainer 
at Covington Catholic High School when one of the assistant coaches was Hep fucking Cronin. <laughs> Unbelievable. Before Hep became a Hall of Fame high school basketball coach and before Hep became a legendary Major League Baseball scout, he was on staff at Covington Catholic and Bob Mangine was like the student trainer at Covington Catholic. No wonder he hates you. He sees through all the bullshit. He does. It's great. <laughs> like that's my that my grand both of my grandpas are gone. Bob Mangine is like my fucking grandpa. It's the so grandpa great. I never I never had. It's or awesome. or wanted for that matter. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Any word on Midnight Madness? Uh, it's from everything I expect. It's going to happen. I don't know exactly how. Um, I think there could be With a masks? fan event. I think there could be a fan event centered around the Miami game coming. We'll see. Just to throw some basketball into what is sure to be a football heavy podcast. Imagine that for the listeners who aren't BCJ subscribers or weren't during the Conan Cronin era. uh, Can you tease what kind of preseason hoops coverage we should expect to see here on BCJ once the semester starts? Thanks. Not yet. No, we don't know. We'll get, we'll see when we get there. Like uh, we'll see what, compliance allows me to attend anything i can attend i will be there i made that pledge to the bearcat journal folks uh when i took over the site full-time from tim if they allow me in the building i will be there that's that's the content i can promise if chad calls (laughs) me i'll be there and there'll be little birds talking about everything right right (laughs) who's the three little birds Who's Outside next? my doorstep, and we're back. seat songs. We're in Jamaica. You're welcome. <laughs> we, we've come full circle. This is the message for you. Who's the next commit Beautiful. for Bearcat basketball? When? Hell if I know. Uh, I would assume if things go well, there will be a second high school commit happen sometime in September, October. Uh, I do think there's a good chance we see Daniel Skillings visit campus uh here sometime this fall and uh there's something else out there that i still can't tell you guys about so <laughs> we'd love to hear from wes again now summer stuff is over i know football is hopping right now but think you get him on either here or the regular thursday podcast sometime over the next few weeks we after don't get camp. guests here outside of brady <laughs> after camp like uh, we'll see what happens after camp let, I, let me get through camp can i get through camp please camp is mm-hmm. is work is he frozen? Look at him. Is he frozen? Look at his stupid, look at his stupid face. Oh, man. Now he's gone. Well, <laughs> well I guess I'll take over. <clears throat> Any interest in six foot eight Ben Sutherland from Sycamore? Not a name I've heard come up. Bearcat Jerry, thank you. Question related to the new transfer portal recruitment example. Player like Sean Jones would pick Marquette, be removed from top three. Will West and the staff still retain that relationship? for the future in some places i think that's possible where you still continue to make some calls football-esque yeah but in basketball has been always like that's that's what's interesting about this going forward as does basketball start trending towards the football right chaos because in basketball it has generally always been once a kid's off the board he's off the board Right. That's that's 
the end of the road, as boys to men would say. I'm not going to sing it this time. You were close. No. Till the. I, I only know the bass parts of the boys to men songs. And Fair that enough. guy's gone. That guy's gone. So we can't, you know. All right. Legally, I don't know. He just didn't. He like oh. he turned down the money. Like they oh. came back and that guy was like, no, nah, I'm good. Oh. I'm getting enough residuals. I'm not good. I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> it's the end of my road. Yeah, End of my I'm not, uh, yeah, my re- I'm not doing this retread shit. Like no. y- you guys are on your own. <laughs> um, I, 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 it'll be. I, I don't know. Like specifically, like does uh, does the staff keep texting Leon Bond in case things don't work out down? You know, eventually, or right. You know, something happens at Virginia where he's ready to move on. I don't. I don't anticipate that with Leon Bond. I think Leon Bond is a like. Leon Bond stayed with his AAU team. I talked to people that ran, like not people that ran teams, people that ran Adidas, Under Armour, and Nike. Mm-hmm. There were teams in all of those leagues that were doing everything possible to get Leon Bond on their team. Right. And Leon Bond said no and stayed with the guys that he grew up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leon Bond transferring is not something I see. So yeah. using that as an example, like starting point. Right. But, like, maybe you do. Oh, looks like uh, Chad has frozen as well. <laughs> it's just me. This is wild. Chad, you're I back? I can hear you. Okay. No, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron put some poison in the, in the water or something. He did. He did. Um, so, like. I'm sure there's going to be lines of communication kept open going right. forward because I think a lot of coaches right now are, they're so enamored with the transfer portal. Oh yeah. That they're now trying to figure out ways to recruit the transfer portal, which does mean keeping lines of communication open after somebody commits somewhere, especially, especially in the college basketball world where there is this cynicism when you see like a bad fit happen. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that kid's not going to last there two years. Like, is, <laughs> is there like tampering or, or is it sure. just like a gentleman's thing? Well, no, I mean like, like, is, is it illegal to still contact players yes. if they're playing? Well, on other teams? Have they signed a, a letter of intent? Right. Yes. Yes. If they haven't signed a letter of intent, everything is fair game. That's why right. in football it happens like it does. Yeah, right. In but basketball. A little bit more of a gentleman's type. Yeah, it's like, you know, once a kid commits, we leave him alone. Right. Why are we at two and a half hours? Aaron's back. My internet hates me. Your internet was like, this podcast is too fucking long. I'm out. Pretty much. Um, I had to connect on my phone. But Aaron, you're back for the for the see you part. Are we that's true? Are we wrapping this up? We good? Uh, I'm done. I'm, get, fucking, I'm out. I'm hey, assuming hey. you got to the other two two questions. So yeah, yes, we yes, we covered those. But yet again, another marathon BBP here on Bearcat Journal. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna have water wall coverage of camp. Stay tuned, stay listened. You'll be you'll be hearing my thoughts on on my Brent's Bearcat bounce. It's gonna be big time. So check it all out. Chad, Aaron, have a great weekend. Week, everybody. Got a long <laughs> week ahead of us. Whew, this was the BBP on BearcatJournal.com. <laughs>